Oh, what's going on, everybody? Happy Tuesday morning to you. Welcome to episode 67 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. But once again, we uh, we have a special guest on today, head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys, Coach Mark Branch. Uh, thanks for coming on. I know it's a little earlier for you this morning, but I'm, I'm sure you were up and at it. How are things in Wyoming? You there, Coach? Uh, a little crisp. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's good. It's a little crisp. Fall is upon us here, so. <laughs> I'm sure it's, used to it's, that. it's even chilly in Texas today, by Texas standards. So it's here. Yeah. I was in Houston a couple of days ago. It was far from chilly. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be 100 <laughs> degrees. It'll be 100 degrees in two hours. But this morning it was a little chilly. Not, not Wyoming cold, but. Yeah. For sure. Well, Coach, we uh we appreciate you coming on as as uh not only are you the head coach of, of Wyoming, but you're on the NCAA rules committee, one of a, a couple coaches on there, and you've um gracious graciously accepted our invitation to come on here and help I guess educate us, educate the fans on the current uh, situation with the rules. But before we we get into that, let's just check in with the team how things have been going for Wyoming wrestling. Um. Uh, yeah, how's the preseason been, and how's the team looking, Coach? Yeah, you know, our preseason's gone uh, extremely well. Um, we've got a, a very young team. We, we have uh, 12 freshmen and three transfers, and, um, I mean, that that almost makes up half of our team, so it's a, it's different. It's, it's something I've never experienced as a coach, but it's gone extremely well and smooth, and... Um, you know, I couldn't be happier with the way the guys are working and and mostly with the, the way the new guys are not just fitting in, but the way they're buying in, I think, to the culture. And, and um, so, so far, it's been a smooth preseason, and I know the guys are ready to get going on Saturday. And, and uh, you know, everybody, um, ever since they changed this, they pushed this start date to October 10th. It's just, well, I tell you, it's hard to keep the guys kind of harnessed and and uh keep them focused because they're ready to they're ready to go you know so we just uh we're doing our best to to um get in what we can and and then unleash uh you know practices on saturday and and get ready because it'll it'll come quick yeah absolutely will uh you guys uh, it's going to be your first year in, in the big 12 um we, we've talked a little bit about that before but um what what's the team's response been to that you know the the wwc was not a a bad conference by any means but just to come into something with with the brand that the big 12 has how how has the team responded to that uh a lot of excitement around the program you know and and um we we i think we did as a conference we worked hard over the last several years to make improvements Mm -hmm. um and you saw it around the conference i mean uh different programs within the WWC were, were making the commitment for success. And we've seen a lot of head coaching changes and, and um, uh, you know, for, from that standpoint, we've seen a lot of positive results, I think because of that. And, and so things were going great, but we've been, you know, always, I think, keeping our eye on the next step. And the next step was um, to try to do what's best, not only for our programs, but for the sport of wrestling. And I think, um, you know, this is, this is big. And this, this kind of serves as a, um, as a notice to, to the rest of the, uh, the, the 
the country in, in wrestling to go, you know, think outside the box a little bit because I think we have to um, think this way and strengthen our numbers and, and, you know, look at these options because, you know, obviously the Big 12 was in a position where they really had to. Um, they left wrestlers at home last year, at least one, but they left a wrestler home, if not maybe a few, because um, they were, um, you know, such a small conference and they weren't mm-hmm. an automatic qualifier. So they had to make some things happen. Um, we definitely were looking to um, be a part of that because I think we um, we all believe that the, the bigger the better, you know, and, and uh, the Big Ten Conference is such a strong conference. And, and uh, with 12 teams, you know, they're kind of ruling the roost right now. So um, I think it's a positive thing for us to step up. And I think I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of years if, if some other things happened um, to, to make us even bigger and stronger. So, you know, it's, I'm excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Let's talk uh, – can I, can I ask you about a couple individuals? Because last year I came out to um, the Cowboy Open and, and the Nebraska Duel, and, and I thought this kid was pretty good. And then, obviously, um, UWW Juniors happened in, in Vegas, and then everybody took notice. Um, uh, Archie Colgan. I mean, the kids looked really sharp. Yeah, you know, I think um, – Archie's got a lot of talent, you know, he's, he's out of Colorado and, and wasn't a big recruit, but just has some really raw natural talent. Um, it actually is, is good on, on top, uh, is really salty on his feet. Um, super athletic. Uh, his big struggle last year was bottom. Um, but, but beyond that, I mean, that's from a technical standpoint, I think part of his struggle last year was just, um, maturity Not that he's immature, but I think it was just getting um, into the lineup, uh, facing those first-year um, trials and tribulations and some of those things, um, struggling on bottom and that let, you know, letting that get to him, um, him getting frustrated with his weaknesses instead of you know, finding a way to solve them. So you know, there were some things there that, that you know, just he, he lacked the maturity to get through. Um, and, and a little bit of it was, was maybe, um, you know, just doing everything right off the mat. Um, and, and so I, I've really seen him grow up over the last six, nine months. Um, and even towards the end of last year, I really saw him starting to figure things out, but he was in a position last year where going into the conference tournament, and that's the problem with our, that was the, one of the big problems with our conference. And that's one of the things, um, joining the big 12 is going to help solve is he went into the conference tournament and his only chance to really secure and lock up a uh, bid to the NCAAs was, was to, to win the to tournament win it, yeah. beating Cody Pack, who I mm-hmm. think at the time was ranked fifth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he really wrestled tough in the finals, and, and um, he was actually the alternate. He was that close. He was the, the, the um, NCAA alternate. But the fact is, is he didn't do quite enough because he did struggle throughout the year. So his win percentage his, um, wasn't quite high enough. His RPI, I think, was, you know, right in there. His coach's rankings was right in there. They were both bubble, but he had to beat Cody Pack to really ensure that he went to the NCAs. And, you know, so there was no room for error. And and now that we're going to be in a 10-team conference, we're going to have more slots. We're going to have, I think, more respectability across the country. Um, But we're also going to have more opportunities for our guys to, to get to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, he's one of those guys that was just left out on the on the bubble. And, um, you know, but he um, really, I think, was motivated from that. Um, probably about 
oh, I don't know, a couple weeks before the juniors, um, he said he wanted to break and didn't want to wrestle, and something sparked. Um, I was disappointed <laughs> to hear that because he was still young enough to do it. Yeah. And um, I was disappointed, and then all of a sudden, you know, he just – well, what, the other thing is he had, tor- he had a torn meniscus after the season. Mm. And so the question was, when do we get that fixed? And, um, you know, so I, I was, like I said, I was disappointed, but he, uh, um, he came up with, uh, just seems like a week later and goes, you know, I changed my mind. I think I want to wrestle. And, um, he goes, what do you think about putting surgery off? And I said, that's not a problem. Those things are quick. Um, you know, I'd love to see you wrestle. I think you could do real well. So we were obviously pleased with his tournament, his performance. Um, right after that, uh, we got his knee fixed up. Um, and then when he got back from surgery, he went down to Colorado Springs and spent about, oh, 10 days down at the, um, world team training camp and, and got a chance to work out with, you know, some amazing guys down there with, with, uh, Hall and Pico and Valencia and those guys. So, you know, I really love the summer that he's put in. I'm excited to get him back out there on the map. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, I mean, he's certainly put, uh, put his name on the map, um, at Vegas and, and we're, I think everybody's excited to see him this year. For sure. Yeah, I absolutely am. Um, Willie, uh, anything else before we get into the rules? No, I think I think. Um, I mean, I could I could talk to Coach Branch all day about his team. Yeah, I know. Uh, we, I, you know, I could pick his brain about a lot of things. But uh, I, I think we want to get into the want to get into the rules. So, uh, without rehashing everything for everyone. Um, the, the rules video came out, and Willie and I found ourselves really concerned with one rule in particular, the, the, the kind of new modified push-out rule. And I guess basically the, the confusion that we had with the pushing stalling, the, the backing out stalling, and the action calls, and kind of how it was going to be officiated, and maybe some inconsistencies in the video um, across. And, and Coach Branch and I actually talked after that show and um, uh, he's going to make some really good points and some things that I didn't consider that, um, that I, I think you'll find helpful. So, Coach, you know, we've talked about it, but why don't you share a little bit of what we've um, discussed with uh, in regards to the push-out rule? Coach, you still there? Did we lose him? Oh, no. <laughs> Coach, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Are you, are you there, maybe, Coach? Maybe, maybe we pushed him out. Oh, no. He said, I'm going to talk about Archie, and that's it. <laughs> I don't know well, where he went. Hey, Coach you, Branch, are uh, you there? Hey, there yeah, you. I lost you for a minute. So right. I, missed, I, I heard you said we were talking, so um, you said you and I talked after the show, and then I lost you. Okay, so basically just about the, the push-out rule and um, – you know, our confusion, and, and I'm not going to rehash that, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of explain what you explained to me because you brought up some points that, that I hadn't considered. So um, why, don't, why don't you just take it away, Coach? Well, you know, I think one thing, and I talked to you about is is I think you guys get a little too wrapped up in those, in those video clips um, in, instead of thinking about maybe how this rule will affect wrestling and will affect, affect decisions. <laughs> And so I, I, I agree. You look at some of those clips and you're like, huh, how, how's that work? And, and, um, I, I don't really agree. I don't get it. And, and one thing I said to you, cause I, I know you were talking about a clip with, with, um, uh, I think it was, was it Crutchmer and Storley? Right. 
um, you know, where Storley kind of backed to the edge, and then he was kind of circling along the edge, and 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 uh, Kretschmer was was kind of facing off with him there. And I and I don't even remember what the video clip said whether it would have been called stalling on Kretschmer because he was pushing him out. Right. I maybe was the clip, and yeah, and obviously you guys thought the clip was absurd. And I'm like, well, let's not get too caught up in the clip. Instead, let's let's think about what would have changed under the new rules. What what wrestling would have took place? Would that same situation have occurred? And maybe it does. And maybe it occurs. And the referee has to make a tough decision to decide, um, you know, whether or not we we are pushing a guy out. We're not let. We're not trying to wrestle, or whether the guy's trying to back out. So you you look at those situations. Now you got to understand this situation. Um, these stalling rules have come into effect because I do believe that overall, wrestling fans, wrestling coaches. And the wrestling committee, and I'm not trying to speak for anybody, but I believe that there's a consensus that stalling is not being called mm-hmm. like it should be, or maybe as often as it should be. So, what are we asking referees to do? We're asking referees to do what? Call stalling. Right. Okay. You guys are asking that, right? Yes. We talked about this. And if you guys would pick up a rule book and read the stalling rules, you'd probably read them and go, wow, those rules are spot on. The rules are in place. Stalling is clearly defined. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a problem with the rules. We have a problem with application of the rules. Mm-hmm. So you could maybe agree with that. And that's, 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 again, I'm speaking on my opinion, not on behalf of the committee. But I think I feel like, okay, we, maybe we have a problem with the application rules. So if we want refs to call stalling, what are we asking refs to do? We're asking refs to not only be active, but we're also re- asking referees to make judgment calls. Isn't that part of their job? Does a referee have to make judgment calls when it comes to stalling? Yeah, they do. Yes. Okay. So now we put those, we put the referee inside those clips and you go, that's ridiculous. I mean, and some of the words you guys use, which drive me crazy. I mean, you guys said that's infinitely stupid and that's stupid. (laughs) All right, whatever. But, but my point is like, wait a minute, we are, we want refs to make judgment calls. But yet, when you watch a clip, you're like, there's no way they can make a call there. That's stupid. I mean, so we're asking a ref to make a judgment call. And that's all these new rules are going to do is say, hey, put the put Kretschmer and Storley back in that same clip with the new rules. Number one, does anything change? Well, the committee probably goes, well, that's the intent. We hope that they will wrestle differently. We hope that they will both. Uh, Crutchmore will go, well, I can't just sit here and pace him and keep him from coming back inside because I don't want to get called for stalling. And Storley is going to go, I got to get off the edge because I don't want to get called for stalling. If that, if those thoughts occur, well, then I think those two guys are going to wrestle. And that's what we want. We want action. I think, um, let me show quick. Sure. But I'm saying if, if it doesn't happen, and the referee has to make a judgment call. Isn't that what we're asking for anyway? We're asking the ref to make a judgment call and apply the rules of stalling. Yeah, I think I think what Christian and I again, like you said, maybe the video is misleading. And maybe the, the maybe the way that the video showed it um won't won't be the case in practice. But um the the clips of the wrestler pushing 
to cause a stalling and the wrestler backing up to cause a stalling, uh, they looked very similar and almost indistinguishable. So I think that was part of our, oh my God, this is, this might be problems. Well, uh, it would be problems. I mean, I could see there being problems if there are just tons and tons of those situations occurring. My, our hope, I think my hope is that those situations are going to be less frequent. We're going to get more wrestling on the edge because, and I, and, and you guys talk about a little unpredictability of, oh my gosh, pushing and pulling sometimes look the same. How are they going to call it? Well, I'm going to tell my guys as a coach to go, um, we don't know how they're going to call it. I mean, we hope they can clearly see who's, who's either trying to, who's trying to avoid wrestling. Bottom line, that's what stalling is, avoiding wrestling. Right. So we hope the referees can make the judgment to say who is avoiding wrestling and make the correct call. But you just better make sure you're not the one avoiding wrestling. You make it clear that you're wrestling. You make it clear that you're active and yeah. that you are, are being aggressive. And so if that happens, we're going to get better wrestling. We're going to get more wrestling on the edge. We're going to get more avoiding of the edge. Um, because as we know, a couple, if the, a couple of those situations happen and we start losing points, that that's going to affect a lot of matches. So we didn't want to jump in. Yeah, was that, go ahead. was that, was that maybe like intelligent design? Like maybe, maybe in the video, they made it, um, a little unclear on purpose to be like, you know what guys just wrestle, just wrestle and you will, you will figure you'll be all right. I say that for sure because we don't put the video together. I, I couldn't answer that. I, I'm not. I mean, but I mean, I it, <laughs> I don't know. I just think I, I told Christian the other day. I said I don't sit there and watch thousands of video clips to try to figure out what to put on the video, and right. I'm glad I don't. They better never ask me to do that because <laughs> they're going to get a resounding no. I don't want to be that person. So them trying to dig through and find the right clip to give the right scenario. And, and, and you guys would probably, if you were a fly on the wall in our, in our meetings, you would laugh. I mean, we literally clear tables and desks, and it may be me and Kevin Jackson up on the floor <laughs> hitting wrestling situations and talking about it. But what, if, what if you see this? What if you get this? And, and you guys would be surprised that it, it's, not a, it's not what we go in and go, hey, let's do this. Okay, sounds good. Everybody raise their hand. I mean, this is hours upon hours of discussion, and, and we talk about everything from a push-out, you know, just an automatic warning um, when you step out, um, a, a, an automatic point when you step out, just kind of like freestyle. Um, we talked about um, having a, um, you know, a, a circle around the edge, which basically would be a moat, and we mm -hmm. would put sharks in it. So if you <laughs> stepped over the edge, you would fall into a shark tank. You know, things like that to make wrestling exciting. So, let me you ask know, it's you. Not that we don't think of, you know, the different scenarios and we mm -hmm. get up and we, we walk through them. So, um, you know, it, it, there, there is a little bit. I mean, when the drop down rule happened, I don't think we were real happy with how it was being called. And we had several um, follow up calls, which turned into more videos being sent out to the officials to clarify how it's going to be called. Right. I guess Let me my... ask you about. Okay, I, I, I'd like to ask about the um, the push out rule because the edge wrestling and the and the stalling calls there are, are kind of um, kind of almost take the place of 
they'd be a little less necessary if there was a push-out rule. And in the video, it said um, quite directly that the committee um, did, was, did not want to go in the direction of the push-out, did not want to adopt the push-out rule. Can you tell me the, the, the thought process of that and the pros and cons of adding a push-out? Well, the statement that you said, you know, that the committee made in the video, they made it very clear that they were avoid. I think that the, the committee's being very clear to say this is not a push out rule. Okay. They're, they're saying the terminology. Um, they're not necessarily saying the idea of a push out rule is something we're trying to avoid. We, we do not want this labeled as a push out rule because mm -hmm. it, it is a little more in depth and encompassing than freestyle rules. So we just made it clear because we'll get to talking in the meetings and we'll go, okay, we'll actually call it a push out rule in the meetings um, as we're discussing it. And we've been very clear to go, it's not a push out rule because we don't want to use that terminology. We don't necessarily want our fans using that terminology because there's a little more to it than push out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I, I, I'm one, I, I like, I'm pretty comfortable with where freestyle is at right now, but I, I, I think it has evolved greatly in the. I mean, when did the push-out rule come into effect in freestyle? Do you guys know? No, not the particular year. I mean, it's guess been, it's been I a mean, while, but it, it's it's had several changes. Even the last couple of years, from where it used to be, ultimately whoever stepped out first, that the other person got the point. Where now it's it's a lot more thoughtful, right. and it rewards right. action. Right, no matter what, and I think that evolution has has been good but it wasn't always there and and so when the when the push out rule first came into effect in freestyle i hated it i thought it was the worst thing for wrestling because there were certainly plenty of wrestlers who that was their strategy their strategy yeah. was to lower their level get underneath the guy and run him out of bounds and I'm like that. Is that good for wrestling? And I, I don't. I'm, this is all my personal opinion. I don't think that's good for wrestling. I don't want that in NCA wrestling. I want wrestling, which is what you get now. I think you get a a a really good amount of wrestling um, in freestyle on the edge. But you also, I went to the World Championships, and there's still a lot of inconsistency. Whereas a guy can still get you to the edge and kind of give you that one good push. And most of the time they're still going to give a point. Yeah. Whereas if there's a shot or a level change or maybe a little bit of a scramble, then they, they may just say nothing and bring you back to the center. I like it better where it's at because you don't see that as a strategy. And, and I'll tell you my personal opinion, why you don't see that as strategy anymore is because now a takedown is worth two points. Right. But think of when a push out's worth one and a takedown's worth one. One right. guy can hit a nice takedown, score a point, and then the other guy can wait until 10 seconds left in the match and just run you out of bounds, and he wins. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not good for the sport of wrestling, I don't believe. So the, the, the best thing for the push-out rule in freestyle has been that a takedown's been moved to two points. That's helped mm -hmm. the push-out rule. Now yeah. people are more inclined to wrestle for the takedown. I think you're seeing more action and more offense, and... So I, I applaud, you know, the, the organization for making those rule changes. But we look at all those things and go, we don't want to make this about pushing. And that's why we avoid the term push out. Because we don't want that in NCAA wrestling. Right. We want wrestling, which is what we're getting now in freestyle. But we want to get there without making all the mistakes. Sure. Mm -hmm. and, and I understand that. My, I, the, the point you made about um, 
you know, it's it's gonna reward the guy for who's who's wrestling. But I think the issue is with, with this this modified pushout rule, whatever we're gonna eventually call this, is the the officials the last couple of years, it's clear that they don't recognize, and you're outlining, you outlined it perfectly, that the rules are actually good. It's the application. So I guess my point is, well, they haven't gotten it right yet, but now we're, I think we're muddying the waters even further and making it more difficult for them. And I think it's actually going to go the other way. And we're going to see more mistakes in them failing to recognize who is and who isn't wrestling. Because I, I've seen a lot of guys that aren't wrestling. They just don't get called for stalling unless it's the obligatory last 30 seconds and you're winning stall call. So that's where I, I maybe I'm just a little jaded and I, uh, or whatever the word is about uh, my confidence in the refs um, to, to pull this off appropriately. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little trial and error. I don't think it's going to be perfect from the beginning. No rule change is going to be perfect from the beginning, I don't think. So I, I think you got to have some patience. Um, I think we're also obviously going to be watching very closely. We're going to be making sure we're giving as much information and education to the officials as we can. Um, so those things are going to be really important during this first you know, month of open tournaments, seeing how this is going to be called, um, making adjustments if necessary. But what we're doing, I think, is putting the officials on notice to go, you have to really be focused. You have to be paying attention. You have to be engaged in the match. You can't, you can't let yourself drift off. You've got to make sure you're staying in there. You're watching. You're paying attention. We've got to have a little bit of faith in the officials. But we're also saying, you, there, there's not, I mean, yeah, you know, here's my fear. My fear is that every time they go out of bounds, the officials call action. Yes. And so it's like, okay, but here's the deal. If that happens, if that happens, number one, we're going to recognize it and we're going to try to deal with it. If that happens, then, okay, we talked about this. I, I asked you the question. You adamantly said no. I said, would you rather we have not done anything? And you go, well, no. No, I'm <laughs> glad something was at least done. Yeah. And I go, wait a minute. So so you're you're glad that we've, we, we made an effort to to – Talk about and address stalling, but at the same time, you're glad, but it's an infinitely stupid idea. Well, so, well I guess <laughs> I guess my point would be uh, it, it, it comes from, am I glad something was done? Yes. But at the same time, it, it comes from me seeing the officials not do anything. And for the reasons they don't do it, they, they don't want to determine outcomes in matches. They don't want to be the decide. They don't want it put on them. And I feel like this made it less black and white and more subjective than ever before. Because, and you can say that the video is is not good, or, or you know, in, but at the same time, that's the examples that are presented to us. But so yeah, I can I do think... nothing but but say, well, this is the examples, and this official is saying in this instance you must call stalling. And right, I, and that's the the video coaches i think what's getting us because in the video you know the referees have gone from um i don't know maybe maybe 10 years ago stalling was called much more often and i don't know maybe the last three or four years they've really tapered down their stalling calls i don't, I don't think you see I, there's probably a statistic out there but i don't think you think i don't think you see stalling called as much as you do and now you know people want stalling called more and now we get this video that not only says this is stalling, 
but we but the but the official in the video says the referee must call stalling on one guy and you know how many times they go out of bounds in a match they go out of bounds 20 times so yeah what are we going to yeah, get and well i i think we're not going to get them going out of bounds 20 times i i yeah. truly believe that we're not going to see that number one number two if if say say forget these rules okay say forget these rules and say a guy walks out of bounds, and a couple of years ago we had some really good um, footage. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus and, <laughs> and say who it was, but we had some really good footage a couple of years ago of guys tied up in the NCAA finals, and one guy was on the edge, and he literally just takes two three steps backwards. Um, you could tell the other guy wasn't pushing. There was no aggressiveness. He wasn't straightening his arms. He wasn't digging his feet in. The other guy just goes, okay, I want to restart, so I want to back off the mat. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there were some some things like that. Now, there nothing was called in that match, but here's what I'm saying. Pretend these rules don't exist. That's the NCAA Finals. This guy walks backwards out of the mat, and the ref hits him with stalling. Guess what's going to happen? Some fans are not going to agree with it. Some fans are going to go, that's both, you know, and they're, you're going to get some fans booing, okay? There's always going to be fans they're right. going to go i don't sure. agree with that call so now with these rules you get some you get guys stepping out on the edge and now the referee goes i think i got to make a judgment that this guy was inactive this guy was at wrestling this guy wasn't so i'm going to go ahead and hit this guy with warning mm -hmm. same thing's going to happen you're going to have some people that don't agree you're going to have some people that do agree that's wrestling that's always been there that's never going to change so my our charge from the committee goes we want to put it so that now we don't go out of bounds 20 times because yeah. I'm not going to take the chance like we've talked about. We've always said this. When we're making any rule, we always talk about the drawbacks. And the bottom line when we do a drawback is the bottom line that we, we, we end up you know, kind of settling things on is wrestlers will wrestle to the rules. Mm -hmm. So now that we have a rule change, we truly believe that wrestlers are going to act differently. They're going to act differently on the edge. They're going to go, I don't want to step. I don't want to take that step backwards. I'm going to circle hard in. Whereas the guy on the inside goes, if I just keep blocking him and, and, and won't let him circle in, they might hit me. Mm -hmm. So I want to get to the middle too. I want to wrestle to the middle. Yeah. So I, we truly believe there's going to, and, and part of that is, hey, we don't want to go out of bounds 20 times. We don't want to lengthen matches. We'd love to shorten matches. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's something we've discussed. We've talked about shortening the duration of matches, and that may be something down the road that happens, you know. And, and because from a fan perspective, our rules committee, our charge, and I hear always hear about riding time is stupid and all that. Well, our charge, what we're told to do, and we're given some directive here, is number one, we're supposed to think about the fans. We want to make our, score, our sport fan-friendly. We want to make it easy for fans to understand. Um, that's one of our charges. Another one of our charges is to uphold the traditions. It's not our job to change the sport. We're supposed to uphold the traditions. So there's some things that we don't want to make drastic changes. We want to make small changes and see how they work. But we would love matches to be quicker, more action. And so hopefully we don't go out of bounds 20 times and have 20 restarts. Mm -hmm. Hopefully these guys are wrestling. It may not happen. We don't sit there and make a rule and go, oh, we just saved the sport of wrestling. And, and I, you know, I, I, Willie, I, I noticed something you were saying on that, that broadcast is you were talking about how 
you know, folk style wrestling, collegiate wrestling drives you crazy and you love freestyle and all that. And, and I agree. Freestyle is, is, is in a good place right now mm-hmm. because they made some ma- major changes a couple of years ago. I agree with that. But I also go, let's not act like NCAA wrestling is dying. No, it is no. as yeah. popular as it's ever been when it comes to now we have problems at the high school level that we have to try to fix. But the NCA wrestling is as popular from a fan perspective, from sellouts to TV coverage. So we don't feel like it's our job to change the sport drastically, mm-hmm. um, but we want to do things to try to help it. And then we got to sit back and see if it works. And if it doesn't, guess what? We have the opportunity to do something else. Sure. So I, I think there's got to be some patience involved. Um, when it comes to coaches and fans to go, let's have some patience and see how this works. And, and, you know, let's see if the officials can, can do what we're asking them to do. Um, I do have, um, I, you know, we have some great officials in our sport and I do have confidence in them, but we, but education's key. Education is everything. And we got to continue to educate our officials and we got to make sure we get the, the point to them that when we sit there and close down our meetings and we have these new rule changes, we got to make sure that that's um, explained and, and I think um, transition to the officials effectively. And, and that's, we don't have, how many officials are in the NCAA? I don't know, you know, but say there's 200 officials that do, that are certified to, to coach or to um, officiate division one wrestling. We don't have 200 officials in that meeting. Mm-hmm. We have two. Mm-hmm. We have Tim Shields and Pat McCormick. So they have to figure out how do I get this information to the officials effectively and educate them. And that's a process that takes some time. Yeah. So we do have to have a little patience. Well, Coach, I know that um, Willie and I have a, a flair for the dramatic. And my, my, na- <laughs> my nature, just as a human, who I am, is to react and, and have a, an opinion right away. And so, <laughs> it, you know, you're right. I, I said I said some of those things, and maybe they're not fair, and hopefully and probably maybe they're, they're going to be found to be wrong. So uh, I, I do hope these work, and I do agree with, with a lot of what you said, and you brought up some, some points, and it, it's a reason for me to not be so reactive. But I, I really appreciate well, I you. Don't, I don't – it doesn't hurt my – feelings and i don't want you to think that but no you, no but it, it is drastic it's drastic comments to go wait a minute well let's not and i don't think it's i don't i mean you guys as as wrestling um you know i mean i you know you guys have a stake in wrestling i guess i'm not going to go any further than that you have a stake in wrestling this is what you you love this is your passion so i get you guys being so passionate about yeah. it but i don't know that you guys do you guys want to um send the message that that this is just a tragedy and that wrestling is going to die now because, <laughs> and sometimes the dramatic goes, okay, let's not overreact. It's not the end of wrestling because we have, we're forcing these officials to make a call when we go out of bounds, you know, no, so I just but, think you got to think of those things and go, well, all right, I don't agree with them. Um, well, and I, I think your opinion is valued and I think you, 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 you should state your opinion, but I also don't know that we should go to the, effect that it's just the, the worst thing that's ever happened for the sport yeah no like you said you were comparing it to freestyle and, and saying they're in a good place now and 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 ncaa wrestling is as popular as it's ever been and it's it's really awesome that um uh, we're seeing sellouts and record crowds and and it's on television more and more um but remember 
um, and, and, and NCAA wrestling is great. The product's great. I, but there needs, I think there needs to be tweaks, uh, specifically installing. And um, remember, you know, everybody's talking, even especially myself, is talking about how great freestyle is. Well, five years ago, it was a disaster, really. Uh, the product was yeah. not good. The product was not good. And, um, you know, I'm not saying NCAA wrestling is dying. I'm saying I don't want it to be the disaster that freestyle was five years ago. You know, yeah. I don't want to see massive stalling like that. And, you know, the, when you, the three period situation was one, one push out snooze fest. Right. Right. So, yeah. so I, think, I think these I, measures, I think these measures, good or bad, will, will vet it out to the point where it will, we'll get it right. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I mean, you know, I think if 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 it doesn't have the effect that we want, then then it could be more aggressive the next time. It may, you know, it may end up being a push out. It may be truly a step out. I mean, trust me, it's been it's been talked about over and over and over again for hours and days. Mm-hmm. And you know, those things can happen. But our, like I said, one of our jobs is to uphold the traditions of the sport. It's not our job to just change the rules and make it whatever we feel like we want to make it. We're supposed to uphold the traditions of the sport, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we want to make, we, we sit there over the last several years and go, we can't really make stalling any more clear in the rule book. And I would, I would encourage you guys to get your hands on a rule book and read through the stalling rules and go, okay, wow. Yes. It's covered there. Yes. That's exactly. I mean, the verbiage in there is so specific. And so it's like, okay, you know, one of our first things after going through stalling was, well, we need to tell the officials to start calling it because it's in the rule book. So that's what we did. We basically just made it a point of emphasis to how to call stalling, but we didn't see the changes that we wanted to see just because we, we ed- tried to educate the officials. Um, you know, and I was also telling Christian that there's there's some things in place around the country to make our officials better and to help educate them. And in the Big 12 conference, in the Big 10 conference, in the MAC conference, those at least I know, I, I'm not for sure about the other conferences, but I know in those three conferences that any all of those conference duels have, you have to hire an evaluator now. So after each duel, Number one, the official himself has to self-evaluate his performance. The official evaluator sends in an evaluation of the official's performance. The home coach evaluates the official's performance. And the visiting coach evaluates the official's performance. So every duel, this official is getting four evaluations. Um, And that's, to me, that is one of the best steps in the in the um that i've ever seen to make our sport better and to educate our officials they're being held accountable to call the rules the way they're written and so those things are going to be handled and now it's going to be addressed whereas if i go on the road and i wrestle you know school x and i feel like i got homered and this official just maybe i felt like they screwed us over now i ha- i get to evaluate that official i get to say what i, I get to truly vent and say what I feel like happens and those videos and tapes are going to be reviewed by an official evaluator and so those officials if they if that's how they um, you know if that's kind of their actions they're probably not going to make it to the NCAA championships or the conference championships um, and I think that's great I was in the conference tournament last year 
And we basically the host school was, you know, hires the conf or hires the um, officials. I was in the the conference tournament and we had a call on a reversal and I went up to the head table and I said, I would like a review. And the official said, you need to sit down. And we talked about this in the Ian Miller situation. And I go, what do you mean I need to sit down? He goes, no, you can't have a video review. And I go, you can't tell me I can't have a video review. I can video review anything except for a fall. I'm demanding it. (laughs) And and then he told me, he goes, well, you can demand it, but you're going to lose. I go, you're telling me I'm going to lose before you'll even look at it? (laughs) I mean, so the thing is, is I did lose and, and I, but I made a point to say, no, I know the rules and as coaches, we need to know the rules and sometimes I mess them up, but as coaches, we need to know the rules and we need to be there. I'm, I, you, I heard you guys on the video going, Oh, I think it's a great rule that you can now go approach the head table and question scoring without getting a warning. You have always been able to do that. That's not a new rule. No. That is not a new rule. That's an old rule. I, you can always go to the head table and question the scoring without getting a warning. That doesn't mean that there hadn't been situations when an, a coach has done that and the official gave him a warning because the official made a mistake, but that rule's always been there. So we need to know the rules as coaches, um, but we need to make sure and stand for the rules and say, hey, I know, I know the rules and I am going to get a video review because I have the right to request one. And then the problem was is – when that tournament was over, I called one of the head NCAs. I gave the guy's name. I sent in video. I did my part to make sure that that gentleman never refed um, a conference tournament or an NCAA championship until he understood the rules and did a better job of applying them. So we got to do things to educate the officials, and I think those things are starting to happen. Well, Coach, we appreciate you coming on and uh... – you know, talking to me and talking to Willie and, and, you know, the rest of the community out there is it's, you know, it's going to be a topic throughout the year. And um, we appreciate you also, you know, doing what you think is right for the sport and for folk style wrestling is, as you're right, it is really important. And um, uh, yeah, uh, Willie, anything else? No, I just, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like I said, hey, we'll, we'll see. Um, I, this will be interesting to, for you guys to go back in, in December and January and go, what do we, how, now how do we feel about them? And, and you may feel more passionately negative about them. You really may. And I may too. I may go, this was a disaster. And you know what? We may meet, we, we may have a conference call in the middle of December and go, this is a disaster. We need to change it. Um, we need to do something to fix it. Uh, you know, we hope it's not so drastic that it causes problems. We do believe that it's going to fix a lot of problems. Um, we do believe that it's going to be a little, there's going to be some uncertainty. You know, but as a committee, and you guys, you know, I, I was telling Christian as well that, you know, some of the things you go, well, I don't understand the committee on this. There's two committees. There's a rules committee and there's a championships committee. And it's a committee, and, and it's designed that way. Not everybody agrees with everything. Um, it's a, it's a major, majority vote, you know, so... Sometimes you go, well, the committee's just, uh, I think they're dumb on this. Well, there's things that I agree with. There's things I don't agree with. And and I, every committee member can say that. They'll, they'll, there's committee members that can say, yeah, I, I didn't like this push-out rule from the beginning. I voted against it. Um, it's a committee for that purpose. It's, it's not one or two people in there deciding the fate of wrestling. Uh, you know, so 
I, I would encourage you to get to know your committees, you know, know who's on the committees, know what committees do what, because some of the things that, that, you know, or I don't know why the committee decided that I was like, that wasn't even our committee. That didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with us. That was the championships committee. Um, you know, and, and vice versa. Some of the things the championships committee might get blamed for, they didn't have anything to do with, you know, so get to know your committees and, and get to know your rule book. I think as fans, as coaches, we all need to be better at that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time, Coach, and we'll be uh, we'll be seeing you down the line. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, thanks you too, coach. coach. All right, Mark Branch, Wyoming head coach. Thank him for joining us, Willie. That went a little long, so um, we may have to go uh, into OT a little bit here to get on the. Things. Yeah, I guess for me the takeaway is a little um, a little relief. I don't know uh, that maybe maybe they. Maybe things will be called a little different than in the video. Yeah, but I mean, because if it was if it was called in the video like it was in the video, it, there's uh, confusion, I think. So yeah, and that's uh, that was my complaint. And all we can go by is the video. I mean, that's wh- wh- he, he is right. He is right, though. Like <laughs> me and you, we we take new information and we go off the wall because I don't know. We're it's passionate. Kind of, it's like, it's almost what makes us a good but a bad combination because we're both very reactive people just by nature like about about anything we don't digest something for very long before we start throwing haymakers (laughs) right right so it's it's a it's a double-edged sword it can probably be entertaining we don't do it for entertainment value this is just kind of who we are at our core we're reactive passionate opinionated individuals and whatever sometimes (laughs) we call things infinitely stupid well, hey, it's it's here. The rules are here. The video's here. We'll see them. We'll see their application soon enough. Uh, right in, in college wrestling. Yeah, yeah. We. I hope we look back. Hey, I've admitted to be wrong thousands of times, uh, and I would love well, to be, I'd love to be wrong here. I, I don't think I don't think it's a question of us being right or wrong. I sure. Think it's a, yeah. I, I think it's a question of they put out a video with new rules, and we have to see its application. Yep. Yeah, we so, got to wait and see. So we'll do that. We will wait and see. Well, hey, speaking of um, knee-jerk reactions, your pound-for-pound rankings came out. Yeah. Wait, are you um, you saying they're knee-jerk? No, I'm saying I had knee-jerk reactions. Oh, okay, good, good. Let's hear them. Good. Uh, Well, you know, not to belabor, not to – you you did a podcast on it. Uh, They've been up for several hours, and people have probably looked at them, but – I, I had a couple questions. All right. Uh, Gabe Dean, uh, uh, less than sign uh, Brewer. Yeah, kind of weird, right? We and, th- and and you um, you were a guy that was on the record, and I was completely on board with you. That Brewer wasn't that guy heading ever heading into NCAA's. Yeah. And 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 you're also on record uh, like consistently saying the NCAA is just one tournament, yeah. and so. Uh, Earl Hall called and said, "Why is why is Cody, why is Cody Brewer ranked ahead of Gabe Dean?" This is fair, and it, it was it was a particular instance that uh, Ben and I discussed, and and how we kind of came to this conclusion. Um, Earl Hall may be called, but perhaps Hayden Zilmer and Taylor Meeks called um, uh, regarding to Gabe Dean because they also uh, bested Gabe last year. So. For for every Earl Hall call, those two calls I, can be made as well. I, and I, I knew I knew you're gonna hit back with that. But that's the irrelevant. That's not really my point. That's not my point. Um, but I just wanted to let you know they called. 
Gabe, my, my what we went with was the complete and utter warpath. Well, they both be they both be Ed Ruth, right? Um, <laughs> one did. <laughs> one of them did. Okay. All right. Let's just get that out of the way. Okay. That happened. Okay. That that did happen. That happened. Yes. So I mean, am, just, I, can, am I kind of make my point, or is I'm, just to, am I going to get interrupted every eight seconds, Willie? Just to make clear, that quality wins are part of the equation. Quality wins are part of the equation. My point, and, and I guess Ben and I's point was the way that the, there's there's some style points maybe involved with pound for pound more so than than individual. Well, absolutely more so than the right, individual. Right. And the way Cody. Um, laid yeah. waste to a 133 field that we trumpeted the entire year was better than Gabe Dean's performance where he really edged out a couple dicey wins, a, a one point, a nine, eight win over Dudley and a, a really close win over Brooks. And then a, a war with Vic Avery. And then he beats Nate Brown. We felt like the 133 pound. Well, he had maybe not in the NCAA final, but in the dual meet, that was a close match, a really almost questionable match. With Nate? Yeah. Yeah, and, and he beat him up pretty good at EIWAs and, and NCAs. It was pretty one-sided as well. Yeah, I'm just saying. But, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Match. He's had – and so that was ultimately what we, we went with. And we kind of acknowledged that, yeah, maybe not. Maybe we're maybe we're off here. I, I don't know. Um, I, I understand that point, but – it ultimately came down to Brewer's complete and, and utter warpath at 133. And maybe it is reactive. I, I'll acknowledge that. Okay. Um, I got you there. Uh, <laughs> so, so, I mean, I don't know. I still think, I still, I still think maybe Dean, maybe but that's, that's only one slot. And, uh, you know, we'll obviously see that's a fluid situation. Probably. Um, one, one question I did have now, I, in the notes for the show, I have down something that's stupid, maybe. I, I have um, – so I have Gabe Dean over Brewer, question mark, and I have Real Buto higher than Bojo, question mark. Yeah. Now, now – people riding that's, for Bo? That's – yeah, that's stupid. I shouldn't have wrote that. Yeah. Um, because that's just kind of face value and Bojo's this huge name and everything. I understand why Bo is where he is. He only wrestled a half season, and when you wrestle a half season, that means – in fact, you cannot have as ma- uh, as many quality wins as you could if you wrestled a full season, right? right? So, so his... well, he could have. I mean, if he had beaten Daringer and um, Isaac Jordan, right? But he, but he didn't. He wrestled right. tw- fifteen matches, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I shouldn't say real Buto over Bojo question mark. I should say real Buto that high, even though he's wrestling one seventy four this year. Yeah. Well, because Robuto, okay, Robuto at fifty-seven has this uh, good production, um, but so, like, can you say that he is the same guy as seventy-four? Well, can, uh, my point would be, can you say that he's not? What evidence do we have that he is now a drastically different guy? I mean, it's not like he's been forced out of one fifty-seven. It was a, it was a choice he, he made. So we don't really have anything to go by to suggest that him going up is any different than than him staying. yeah I, I, i'm not listen i'm not um, so all right it's so, just a question for me like, right what if you know if, if spencer lee goes 152 this year uh, yeah, I, well i don't think that's the same thing 
and probably uh, honestly, well, no, it is. I would say if until Spencer shows you he's a different guy, until David Taylor going from one twelve to one thirty five shows you he's a different guy, the, it's the same guy, you know. Until yeah. and then and then if we see, I oh, mean, wow, honestly, he's I did the I did the th- say I did the same thing with Zahid. I mean, Zahid went from one thirty two to one seventy, you know, one one eighty two, and 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 I and I kept him where he was because. It, it was proven. Like I had doubted Sahid. Every time he moved up, I moved him down a couple notches, and he just kept being a winner. So yeah, I, I um, just don't. I just feel like the moving, the changing weights thing. I don't know why we like attach this like caveat any more than a guy cutting weight for another year. Like um, I, I don't understand. I mean, there's just not that much evidence to say that moving up has this like negative production. It's just kind True. of a, a something we see and guys, I mean, Blaze Butler was a completely different guy up two weights um, than he was a year ago. So for, for real Buto specifically, first of all, let's say this, it's, it's a muddy, muddy situation. I mean, he's behind Ian Miller um, who beat him, uh, whether you admit it or not um, ahead of Nashon. And and with Real Buto, he's got a couple really marquee wins that. And there's a there's a another question. I guess I'm hung up, not hung up on, but interested in what you do. Even even for me in high school too. Oh yeah, high school's uh, less of a thing, I guess. Um, but in pound for pound, how do you do that preseason with a move up with a with a weight change? You know, it's an interesting dynamic. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's all I had. That's all I had for the pound for pound. I thought I thought they were really good, really interesting. Uh, the Nation again. That's a move up too. Um, so that, that'll be. Nation was weird for us. Yeah, we, that'll we be should, interesting. No Brody Grothis though was an, that's the last one I had. Brody didn't make the didn't make it. But hey, it's early. It's early. I'm just I'm just cracking on the Iowa fans. I'm just that's yeah, so weird just, for you. Just sliding one in there. I don't, I don't, know, why, um, I don't know why you do that. Uh, so yeah, it's yeah fun. there's where that's where. Um, yeah, so that's the pound for pound. Let's. That's the pound for pound. Team today. rankings are up. Check those out. I didn't even look at them yet. Yeah. Uh, now basically they're a function of um, the, individual. the individuals, right? Right. Right. What? Uh, so, like I said, I didn't look at them one bit, I, but I did look at all the individuals when they went up. Um, and so I know that Christian, you're locked into, you're locked into. You have to rank certain guys what you rank them because that's what it dictates or, or they're, they're freshmen, uh, or, or this and that. And so, um, their projected NCAA points that lead to their team rankings now aren't necessarily in line with what you think might happen at the end of the season. So are there any teams in your team ranking right now that are like, well, this team's ranked fifth, but they're not going to perform to that level or this team's ranked 12th, but they're going to do much better than that because, you know, as the season plays out, are there any are there any things that are um, discrepancies yeah. in your opinion? Well, I think Oklahoma State, who I have second, is a team that is um, is going to move up, uh, or has the potential to move up. There's a couple guys that I, I mean, Anthony Colica and Dean Heil are two guys that I I believe, and and I'll throw Austin Marsden in there, are guys that if they make a couple climbs up the ladder. They're they're gonna pass Penn State now. The same can be said for Penn State with a guy like Jason Nolf. Uh But I, I think I, I I say it in my breakthroughs article, breakout article, um, that I think Colica is a title contender. I think he can win it all at 149. I truly believe that. 
Um, so, and he's ranked like eighth or ninth right now. So he obviously has a lot of room to improve. And every rung you climb there, he's eighth, which is like five points. And second is like triple that. So if he does that, he, they're, then they're in the lead. But So that's one team um, that I see for sure. I, I just view Penn State and Oklahoma State as, as the two best teams. Um, uh, other teams moving up, um, I, I don't know. I don't know where I see it, uh, guys. I mean, honestly, maybe Virginia Tech can move up a little, but they could also move back a lot too as well. Um, and Missouri is a team that they've got some young guys that I think are going to do well at Daniel Lewis. How good is Jaden Clayton going <coughs> to be? Um, don't be surprised to see Missouri um, a climb up as well. So right now I'm not sure. Uh, you know, Michigan's a team I like, but I have them fourth, so that's pretty that's pretty fair. So that's that's where I am with the team for for right now, I guess. Okay. Um, what else, Christian Piles? What else? Um, what else do we have to hit? Well, well, we could go a lot of different directions. I guess we can. Uh, what What's before us is that um, you know the journeyman fallout. I guess mm-hmm. we can talk about that. Yeah, and that was that was a great event. Pat Papalizio or Frank Papalizio. Uh, did a really good job this year. Um, you know, especially when you have these these eight man pools. Like, for instance, at one fifty two, everybody was ranked in the whole thing. All eight guys. Um, <laughs> so, so you know, it's an eight man bracket. So every match is is a a, a match Marquee. of consequence, yeah. right? So um, he did a really good job this year. There was over forty ranked wrestlers nationally, which just is that's crazy. It's kind of insane, you know. We we talk about uh, Iron Man and Beast of the East in season, and and Super and thirty two, right? But Journeyman is matching like Beast of the East numbers. Yeah, crazy, crazy. crazy. He's done a great job there. So some of the takeaways, I guess, you know, the 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 big story coming out of it was the surreal. And we're gonna go. We're gonna have to go overtime. We only have two minutes left. So you cool with OT, Willie? Yeah. All right, OT. Um, because that took a little long, and that was necessary conversation with Coach Branch, but there's other, you know, necessary things to discuss, I believe, after this. So uh, the the Suriano loss was the most discussed. It was, the, it was a, a massive, massive storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, that flow, that flow's marketing team <laughs> blew out of the water a little bit, huh? Uh, yeah, you could. I mean, you could say that. I mean, it was it was obviously the juice of the entire tournament to see someone as, I mean, not only is Nick Soriano incredibly credentialed, he's just such a name in the mm-hmm. community. I mean, Nick, he's going to be a, I'm, I'm going to say it. He's going to be a four time New Jersey <laughs> state champion, which is incredibly rarefied air. He's going to Penn state. He's a huge recruit and he loses to a, a high quality, a Fargo champion in, in Vito Arujao in the last second. And right, it was number two versus number four, two versus four. Okay. This, this wasn't, you know, um, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas here, you know, it was two versus four and it happened. And I, I guess the fallout and, and I am kind of, even though I've admitted I'm a reactionary person, I think it's important to have like a little perspective. And I felt like the fallout from that match was Suriano. What? Oh, bad performance. Sell your stock. He's not good. I mean, first of all, the kid hadn't wrestled and this is something that people may say is a detraction from Nick, but he hasn't wrestled since um, 
New Jersey State Finals. He hasn't competed since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you... well, that's what I was kind of saying too. Last the last show we did on the big board is yeah. Like, I, I moved him. I moved him down to sixth overall on the big board, and you were saying why, and I just saying, well, one reason is that we didn't see him at any events. Yeah, and the other the other reason, the the other reason I moved him down is exactly what we saw in that match. Yeah, is that. Um, it, it's a really interesting dynamic. So let, first, let me say that, you know, for him to lose, like almost big deal, to, in my opinion, right? I mean, like, I, you know, there was tweets and, and, and Facebook posts that kind of overblew that a little bit, like from it's us, what, it's right. For, I mean, it's, but I mean, not from us, well, from, from, from Flo, but not from me or you, right? right? Correct. And so they kind of went a little overboard on that. But listen, Suriano loses a match on a last-second reversal. I mean, the sky's not falling. Um, but what, what the reason I moved him down, one, because we hadn't seen him in a while. Another, because um, he doesn't have a whole lot of offense. Yeah, and I, plays and I don't, it close. And I don't mean – I don't just mean against elite guys. Um, if you look back – if you look at comparative scores – um, he beats a lot of guys eight four, you know. Yeah. Um, he's really sound defensively. Uh, never gets taken down. No. Uh, when was the last time the kid was taken down? So you know, f- to get to give up a reversal. The last That's couple a great s- question. When is because even his last loss, he wasn't taken down. You know, or his right, two, right. Two, his loss to Dayton, he wasn't taken down. I guess the last time he Spencer lost, Lee, Super Thirty Two. Three years, two years ago, three years, two years ago. So, um, Jeez. you know, I, the, the sky's not falling. And I, I think, um, I think Suriano and Manville, who are both going to Penn State, are very uh, similar. I think they're very similar in their wrestling abilities and what they need to fix. Because both of them are incredibly difficult to score on both of them rarely get taken down um manville lost a one takedown match to Hydley. but they both need to work on creating opportunities to score yeah neither one of them really shoot that often um so you know People might make it out to be, oh, Soriano lost, and uh, is Soriano the same guy? We haven't seen him. We haven't seen him in a long time, and now he comes back and he takes a loss. And listen, the kid's great. The kid's great, uh, and it's just one loss. But he does need to work offensively. And when when Mason Manville uh, committed to Penn State, people were like, "Well, that's kind of a weird. That's kind of a weird dynamic. Mason Manville isn't the kind of the." The Penn State prototype, you know, they go out and they score a lot of points, and and he's more of a Minnesota Iowa guy, and and I said then when he committed that that's why it's a great thing for him, yeah, because if he goes to an Iowa, um, if he goes to an Iowa or a Minnesota, maybe he stays that same grinding guy, and he doesn't need that. Uh, maybe what he needs is. A program that helps them develop a, uh, a more fluidity, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I see your point there. And so, 
maybe the same thing's true for Soriano. Yeah. Uh, can can we get to the just the elephant in the room? Just get it out there. I I, I so yesterday, I, I took to Twitter, in uh, I guess as I mentioned earlier in the show, I'm a reactive. Uh, opinionated, kind of passionate person, and I was pretty. I, I was upset about the tweet that that we sent about Nick, because I just felt it was so unfair and out of bounds to a kid who just, it's just wrestling, man. He's he's a high school kid wrestling, and I felt like the our treatment of him was unlike the treatment we'd ever given a high school kid. I don't feel like we've ever said uh, a high school kid. It was the are we seeing the downfall of a kid who I just felt like it was a little dishonest to say a kid gets reversed in the last five seconds. Now we're seeing his downfall. If he wins, there's no way we suggest that if he rides him out for five more seconds, there's no way we suggest that. So I, I was, I was upset about that. And people were like, man, you're kind of calling out your own company. What was it? My own brother <laughs> I asked like, what are you doing? Um, and maybe I shouldn't have, and maybe it wasn't right. But at, at the same time, I, I felt really, I did not feel right about that for Nick. And maybe I I get what our marketing team does, and they're amazing. But at the same time, I just – the way I felt when I read that, I – my my immediate reaction was I need to get away from it. And so I I took a a path that maybe was wrong, and they since deleted that tweet, and I deleted mine where I called it out. So – Well, I deleted it. Uh, Willie, yeah, Willie deleted it. Not, them, I mean, not them. I mean, uh, I just I think I just I, think it's really I, I important that we. That I I'm about promoting the athletes, and I'm about hey, I'm about pushing the limits and being well, that's, ed- that's edgy. That's the fine line. That's the fine line, right? I mean, uh, but, but and, and <laughs> the marketing team, the marketing team does their best to to make big storylines and make things creative and push the envelope and touch a nerve. And uh, I would say 99.9% of the time, they do a, a really good job. This is just happened to be one of the times. I think it was a little overboard. I, I didn't like the wording of it. And, and you know, there's, there's no ill will on the part of the content or the marketing team. They just, you know, they're, they're, pushing, it, they're pushing the envelope a little bit too much, to my, in my opinion. Although, uh, you're right, Christian. I, might, you might want to handle that in-house a little a little more. Yeah, uh, and I might get talked to about that. And I might get – maybe I shouldn't be talking about it on radio, putting our business in the street like this. I don't know. But yeah. I, I just I, – I'm transparent. New York is not better than New Jersey. There is no metric that would suggest that either. I thought, I thought the whole thing was like just – it's not true. It's not the case at all. And it was just so reactive and I, I don't know. It, it just rubbed me the wrong way. I've never criticized Flo – like that ever over something so whatever i'm not gonna make a habit of it but it was something i felt i felt strongly about and maybe shouldn't have done but whatever i'm i stand by what i said and i i it was just more of a nick thing it's like man i'm gonna want to talk to him and i'm gonna feel like why would he talk to me when we have proclaimed his downfall and proclaimed the the beginning of the end and this is his all-time low because he lost to a the fourth ranked kid like we can't i just don't want to go see us go down that road so yeah that, I, I felt the same way yeah um all right so 
Suriano, Manville, they lose. It, it's it's a part. And this is and that's another thing. Willie and I so frequently talk about these guys are humans. And it's something that like I kind of Willie's kind of helped me with this like these weird results that happen, it's just a part of wrestling. Like Mark Hall loses to Peter Nagy, you know? We, we see it all the time. Weird, weird, inexplainable losses. AJ Shop loses to Ronnie Perry and then takes third in the country. Like, it, it's just a part of, of wrestling that maybe uh, I, I think we need to come to terms with and not overreact to these well, losses, you, right? Yeah. You know, you're so, we're such a uh, scientific community. I mean, we're such a scientific country in a, in a scientific time, and we assign values to people. And we assign attributes to people the same way that, you know, when you do fantasy football, um, you know, this team has a terrible rushing defense. So I'm going to take his running back this week, and that should be a recipe for success. Except the game doesn't play out like that all the time. Uh, you're wrong on some of the time. Yeah. And, so, and so you assign these attributes to, okay, uh, Mason Manville, or, or Nick Suriano has this track record. He's never been beaten. He's never loses. Uh, and so, and he, you know, he's sound defensively. And you analyze the matchup to death, and there's no way that he can lose. And and then AJ Shop loses to Ronnie Perry, who in every metric is yeah. better than Ronnie Perry. So AJ Shop better on his feet. AJ Shop better on top. AJ Shop better on bottom. AJ Shop. Uh, better stamina you know so you analyze all the metrics and you go well aj shops winning this match no problem except people are human beings and and yeah. uh things happen and and one slip of the foot or one sniffle you know you might have a cold your dog might have died you you had to study for a thing so life gets in the way of of science yeah yeah it does i mean every possible metric said that Greg Olson, the most targeted tight end for for Carolina, was was going to have a big day, and it it just didn't happen. And for reasons you don't know, we just see it all the time. So that that was my other gripe with it. But whatever, it's done with. Um, let's get back to you, Willie. You actually starting trouble for once. Um, actually, that's I that's um, once I do that like several times a week. Yeah, that was a that was sarcasm. Um, <laughs> so. Johnny Hendricks can't make weight. Willie. Oh, this was stupid. I thought this was stupid. Uh, yeah. Well, you, yeah, you said as much. I mean, you, I, you called I, people morons. I start trouble a lot, but this is one time I didn't think that it was really my fault. Uh, uh, well, listen. Well, so I, so Johnny Hendricks didn't make weight. He was out of the latest UFC thing, and um, I tweeted that his quote was stupid. Now, uh, you can go back and read my tweets from two years ago. Look at my Facebook post. I like when Johnny Hendricks fights. I wear my Oklahoma State gear. Uh, I I I tweet, "Let's go, Big Rig." I am like a huge Johnny Hendricks fan. Now, that I mean that's documented. But when you make when you when you're quote when you don't make weight for a fight. And you, and your quote is, I either need to lose more fat or move up. That's not even debatable, right? That is a stupid quote. I love you, Johnny Hendricks, but that's not the good PR, yeah. right? 
And so how can so I tweeted that that's a stupid quote and then I took flack for that. Like what is not true about what I'm saying? Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of made fun of the quote in a sort of different you did way. did the same thing. But I just, I just have a, I just have a way with words, Willie, that people, people don't get as mad at me. That's sarcasm uh-huh. as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. People, people didn't latch onto my, I mean, you're, you're a bigger name, Willie. Let's just, and, uh, people look to you. So yeah, that Kenny Monday was not happy. Um, among other people. Well, it didn't help that you called people morons afterwards. Well, I think that's where that's it really... another that's another Twitter thing, right? Like I said, I called people morons, but they didn't know. Like nobody knows who I was Talking referencing. About. Yeah, I was not. I was not referencing Kenny Monday. I was not referencing. I'm not going to say who I was re- referencing, but uh, you know, on Twitter, if you're not super specific. Uh, people just read between the lines and uh, read what they want to read. Anyway, whatever. Also, Johnny Hendricks was 26 pounds over three days before weigh-ins. So it's not like, oh, he just... I don't know. Hey, maybe he was super-duper over. Uh, maybe he... And, and he's Obviously. had trouble... He, no, no, what I'm saying is, oh. I don't know. Maybe he had... Maybe he has a medical condition. I don't know. I don't know what... You know, he could have a valid excuse for all I know. Maybe he has the flu. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't cut weight. I don't know. What I'm saying is the quote, the quote is not good. It's not intelligent. So, uh, it's, you know, and like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a good quote. I still love Johnny Hendricks. I still watch every fight. I'll get order, the, uh, order pay-per-view every time that Johnny Hendricks fights. I'll invite people over my house and make a whole lot of food. Uh, I'm just saying the quote was not good. The quote was not good. It was not good. It did not make sense. And, uh, yeah, hopefully he can figure out which way he needs to go, either lose more fat or go up. I I feel like those are clearly his options, and we'll see what he chooses. So w- with that, we got we went 14 minutes over. I feel like we hit what we needed to hit, Willie, and then some, right? You good with this? Yeah, yeah. Let's feel- uh, run it back. We'll run it back Thursday, right, Pauls? Thursday, yes, yes. Working on a, on – an additional guest. We'll see if that happens. Uh, we thank you guys so much as always for tuning in. Um, thanks, Coach Branch. Thank, yes, yeah, special thanks to to Coach Branch for coming on um, and and for him helping us out there as we kind of wade through these new rules. We will see you next time on Flow Wrestling Radio Live Thursday morning, same time.